Welcome to an enlightening podcast from IslamPodcasts.com. We encourage our listeners to please comment and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please remind your family and friends to also visit IslamPodcasts.com for engaging discussions on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran, Tafsir, Sira, and much more. There is no part of the world that humanity can call safe haven. The globe is plagued with conflict, poverty, and a lack of basic principles such as justice and rule of law. East to west, it is no different. The eastern world is suffering under colonial puppets or dictators who do nothing but serve their masters' interests. On the other hand, in the west, so-called mature democracies have struck a fatal blow to the masses. The secular system has left man to create misery in the world. Wars, unrest, poverty, racism, elitism, injustice. This is a world where the few feed off the many. This world order is not fit for humanity. The people have had enough. Dissent is on the rise. The wave of dissent in the West is equal to that of the East, expressed in various ways. Black Lives Matter, Arab uprisings, Occupy Wall Street, Yellow Vests, Extinction Rebellion, Anonymous, Student Riots. This signifies only one thing, a global dissent against the present world order and a yearning for an alternative system. This vacuum can only be filled by a system that is fair and just for all humanity. A system that is not conjured up in the minds of feeble men for serving their own interests. A system from the Creator, which is free from bias, contradiction and hypocrisy. The Islamic Khalafa system, where politics is about people, not power. Where economics is about circulation of wealth, not serving the elite. Where ruling is about care, not a career. Where healthcare is about cure and not cash flow, where different colour is diversity and not division, where different faiths are respected and not rejected, where women are honoured, not humiliated. A system much needed by the world looking for an alternative. Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah, Salatu wa Salamu ala Sayyidina Mawlana Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sallam taslim and kasira. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, dear brothers, sisters, fil Islam wal Iman. Welcome to this week's online Friday circle organized by members of Hizb Tahrir. For those that are on Hizb Tahrir, Islamic way of life in the Muslim lands. Before we begin this evening's program, can I ask that you all share this link with friends and family um, and share it as far wide and far reaching as possible. Jazakallah khair. Today's topic will be presented by our brother, uh, Dr. Ruhul Amin. Assalamu alaikum, brother. Alaykum How are salam. you? Alhamdulillah. Dear brothers and sisters, as many people in the USA and around the world await the results of the elections that took place uh, on Wednesday. Um, many outside of the Ummah are in the hope that somehow one of these will, uh, will bring with them some actual political change. And within the Ummah as well, whether it is economic stability within the nation and around the world or radical changes to their foreign policy that has seen death and destruction in so many parts of the planet. It's also a time when the leading Western nation tries to reignite people's confidence in their ideals of democracy by encouraging people to bring the change that they wish for uh, using the uh, power of the vote. Today's circle will analyze this premise of the power of the vote to bring change. Is it actually going to bring about a complete new direction where we can see an end to their destructive 
foreign policy. We will see a rapid recovery in the ailing economy of the USA, which would have a knock-on effect uh, on its partners as well, among whom are the Muslim nations. And during this difficult time with the presence of COVID-19, will we suddenly see a change in policy where the rich and the poor are tested and treated as equals? So without further ado, I would like to leave it to my brother, Dr. Amin, to elaborate. Jazakallah khair. Jazakallah khair. Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah, na'maduhu wa nasta'inuhu wa nasta'gfiru. Wa na'udhu billahi min shururi anfusina wa min sayyati a'malina. Man yahdihillahu falamudillalah, wa man yudlil falahadiyalah. Wa ashadu an la ilaha illa allahu wahdahu la sharika lah. Wa ashadu anna muhammadan abduhu wa rasooluhu. Allahumma arina al-haqqa haqqan warzuqna attiba'ah. Wa arina al-batila batilan warzuqna ajtinaba. Ya Allah, enable me to see the truth as truth, and give me the ability to follow it. And enable me to see the falsehood as false, and give me the ability to refrain from it. Assalamu alaikum, dear brothers and sisters. Jazakallah khair for spending the time again under the second uh, lockdown in, uh, in, in the UK. Brothers and sisters, uh, you'll be watching maybe the, the elections uh, happening, the almost carnival atmosphere of the US elections. Now, in the US, uh, this election time is a time when the leading Western nation tries to sort of ignite people's confidence in their ideals of, of democracy and freedom. And it does this by encouraging people to bring change that they desire uh, by using the power of the vote. Now, you don't need to do much uh, sort of hard work to find uh, the, the truth about American uh, electoral process. Um, the fact that really, who is it that has the presidency accessible to? The web is, is actually littered with their own citizens, Americans, posting articles about how these elections are for the benefit of the few wealthy elite and their friends. So the US elections in reality um, is a display of how only the wealthy can even think of running for political uh, premiership. It's, it's really a game of billionaires. Now, if we look at the campaign money, the campaign money chase makes the, the silver of Americans who donate these large sums uh, the most important citizens. They are the most important citizens, the big donors, and they are the unrepresentative. I mean, 90 percent of uh, 2012 presidential donors were from uh, majority white neighborhoods. Uh, a recent study found that senators senators positions reflect the average donors wishes over over the over their constituents views there's another study uh, that calculated the uh, that the wealthy uh, have 15 times more political efficacy than the middle class the richest fifth of the population is uh, is more conservative economically and the wealthiest 1% are dramatically less supportive of policies that would increase economic mobility and uh, address inequality. What a surprise there. So really, the majority of the public believes that government should uh, redistribute wealth through heavy taxes on the rich. But support falls by 35 percentage points uh, among the 1%. 78% of Americans want a livable minimum wage, but 60% of wealthy Americans don't support it. Uh, America's elections are, are now a game of, mil, of, of billionaires, four billionaires. Let me give you some examples from their history of, of presidents. Uh, 2004 Democratic uh, nominee John Kerry, he had a net worth of $103 uh, million. That's in 2003. Former Vice President uh, and 2000 and year 2000 Democratic uh, nominee Al Gore, he had a, a fortune of $200 million. Thomas Jefferson, let's go back a bit. Thomas Jefferson was worth equivalent to $212 million equivalent to today. Uh, 
George Washington. Let's go to the main man, George Washington. His fortune was $525 million, making him the second wealthiest president in American history. You've got John F. Kennedy, who was born into an ultra uh, ultra wealthy family, and he married into another one, giving him a net worth of a billion. Yeah, that's a billion, billion dollars. Now, with a with a current net worth of two point one billion dollars, Donald Trump is uh, the richest president in American history. But get a load of this, um, a net worth of fifty five point nine billion dollars. $55.9 billion, former 2020, 2020 candidate Michael Bloomberg yeah, is more than 17 times richer than the current president of the United States. So much for the power of voting. The billionaire or the billionaire, millionaire, billionaire incumbent moves out yeah, of office only to be replaced by another millionaire. So really, one must question the intention of these of these wealthy elite to run for office. Is it really their desire to serve the people? How can it be when the wealthy elite donors that finance their political campaigns are so far removed from the common man and his struggles? So in origin, um, your options are chosen for you as candidates are only those backed by the capitalists who can afford those campaigns. Also. Whichever way you vote, in reality, the policies would still be in favour of the capitalists, not the masses. Faces will change, but the reality of the masses never improves. So the so-called land of freedom and liberty is really a great deception for its people, for its citizenry. Given the uh, the electorate, um, just giving the, elect the electorate uh, an illusion of policy change. Voting within the parameters of a capitalist structure will only offer policies that are either in the interest of the capitalist clique, uh, clique sorry, over another who fight, who fight to gain influence to increase their wealth. So the masses, like brainwashed slaves, are released from the shackles of the capitalists in this carnival atmosphere as the pictures on the TV show, once every four years, to participate in a two-horse race. And this is democracy. It's simply political monopoly by two parties. So change never really happens via the ballot box, brothers and sisters. The ballot box will never bring about an ideological change, since it is designed to simply tinker with the policies inside the political box. So the leading nation of the free secular world drowns. It drowns in its own problems. It fails to resolve the question of race inequality, wealth distribution, uh, social injustice, uh, economic, economic insecurity. And of course, uh, the, uh, the, the sort of awesome failure, um, the awesome failure um, of, the, uh, of how it's managed the COVID-19 pandemic. Yet, what does it do? It wields global power, global power under a world order defined by its founding principles and this, this raw urge to actually amass wealth at any cost. So their principles um, to amass uh, wealth at any cost uh, where humanitarian, moral, uh, spiritual values are always trumped by the material values. So the misery that this way of life has actually uh, forged in the world today is the reality of the world today. And its, its inhabitants, the humanity, suffers from this capitalist liberal order. So the spectacular amount of wealth generation matched by an even more remarkable hoarding of that wealth restricts its flow within society. So you kind of starve the people of economic oxygen. So the COVID lockdown saw many a large company forced to go into administration and the loss of the, the common man's income and the prospect of a, of, a, of, a, of a second lockdown in many countries now simply ensures the financial suffocation of small businesses. And it deprives the wealth acquisition, the ability to acquire wealth by the common man. This is the picture of capitalism evolving to its true state. 
the force and the source of the misery, the destruction, the oppression, the subjugation in the world today is the liberal world order. So, brothers and sisters, the US elections will do nothing, will do nothing to change the status quo. Rather, it will become worse. The Americans are left with the choice of capitalism or a more toxic capitalism, if you like. The virus, the virus that plagues the world is capitalism itself. The only vaccine, to be, to be corny about it, the only vaccine against this deadly, deadly disease is Islam, like it or not. But this vaccine is not man-made. It does not have a profit motive. Rather, it is truly a mercy from the divine, designed by the creator as a guidance to resolve all our problems. So not only does the election of the 46th president of the United uh, States spell no real change for American citizens, it equates to a continuation of American policy in the Muslim lands. These elections have no real bearing for the international affairs of the Muslims, apart from more repression of Islamic politics, so as to secure uh, secular systems in our lands. Um, for this is this, this 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 securing the secular systems in our lands, making sure that they are maintained. This is the main U.S. interest in the Muslim lands. It doesn't matter if it's Mr. Biden that's going to win or has you know um, finally uh, getting to the uh, the the, uh, the winning post first. So and, and you see this, you see that the colonialism continues. We see it with the comments that we saw from George. Uh, Bush Jr. through to Obama um, about the Middle East peace process, both two state solutions. And then you have uh, Donald Trump who's actually made Jerusalem. He's gone a step further and uh, made Jerusalem the, the capital of Israel. So th this, this colonialism will continue, dear brothers. And as regards to elections, to participate, for Muslims to participate in elections. I'm not really going to go through that. I would like to have hope that, that the, the Muslim Ummah realizes the depravity and the, the sort of um, the depravity of that action, the action to go to the secular system, participate and think that it's going to bring about change. It won't. Because you're competing within that system. And this is what the secular system wants us to do. And, as, as you know, apart from all the textual uh, evidences that uh, man legislates, man is sovereign in these systems. And Islam mandates that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is sovereign and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala legislates. So when we sift through all this rhetoric that we that we hear from, uh, in, you know, presidents and, and, and prime ministers of these Western colonial powers, they have the same stance, the same position towards the Middle East, for example. Let me give you another thing that actually will not change to the condition of the Muslim uh, Ummah, uh, whether Mr. Biden uh, wins or someone else gets through. Continued economic ensla enslavement. So let's see, for example, Turkey. Turkey is heavily in debt. It's a member of the NATO. It's, it's, uh, you know, it has a membership of the United Nations and so on and so forth. Many other international treaties and uh, um, uh, conditions that it's a party to. So these international organizations, we must remember, are key institutions of the existing world order. So when a Muslim country is tied into the structure of the world order, most of its domestic and external policies will go to serve the superpower's interests. Just one tweet from Trump was enough to bring the Turkish lira down. I mean, how entrenched, how uh, dependent is the economy of, uh, of Turkey So uh, to the West? So, so it's easy to see that Muslim states trapped uh, into the world order, they have to operate. They are obliged to operate and abide by the, the set international laws and framework. The economy is tied through debt. It's security tied through membership of uh, membership to NATO. 
treaty rules. Unless Turkey and the Ummah has a vision, as a vision for an alternative world order, it will remain subjugated and even, you know, and entrapped for, for decades to come. So we need that, uh, you know, uh, to raise the profile of our thinking in that sense. Even if Turkey, let's say, became a rogue state to the US under, uh, you know, it's, um, it's under the current world order uh, and, uh, you know, it's as a nation state. If Turkey became a rogue state to the US, it still has to break free from the US world order. Sanctions can easily be imposed upon Turkey. Let me give you an example. I mean, SWIFT. SWIFT is a money uh, transfer uh, payment mechanism. Um, now, that is uh, it's an American uh, based thing, uh, but it's entrenched. It's entrenched within the economy of Muslim countries, uh, many Muslim countries. So the US simply has to unplug that service and it would cause severe problems in that country. I mean, this happened to Iran when it started to misbehave with the US, uh, uh, you know, with the US demands. So unless the Ummah think outside this secular political box as statesmen, you know, with a vision, with a unique vision, then there will be no real change in our lands. So the the US elections, French elections, British elections, these colonial states elections really have no bearing because uh, on the interests of Muslims, because it is going to the status quo will, will, will actually not change for us. So the secular state really, brothers and sisters, is the core strategic interest of America in the Muslim world. And it seeks to protect that. Let me give you some examples of, uh, of, of, of the tension that exists between the secular imposed uh, structure in our lands and the, and the ummah that live there. Um, in August 2017, uh, um, the chief of army staff in Pakistan, uh, General Bajwa, he offered his uh, heartfelt condolences on the death of two special force soldiers who died in some sort of terrorist uh, attack. Now, uh, this so he uh, condemned that attack. Now, this condemnation was quite rare um, and surprising, um, given the the anti-American sentiment in Pakistan generally. And uh, this, this sentiment dominates uh, the armed forces in Pakistan. So Bajwa's surprising condolences. Uh, with 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 America highlights this strategic dilemma, yeah, for the Muslim world. Now, if you if we can understand this dilemma, it will help us to understand U.S. foreign policy's uh, strategic viewpoint and interests in 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 our lands. So, what is surprising about General Bajwa's statement is its its boldness. In fact, it's uh, uh, it's almost perhaps uh, reckless with regards to. Uh, the prevalent public opinion in Pakistan and throughout the Muslim world. So Bajwa's actions are at odds with the armed forces of Pakistan, the Muslim world in general, because the Muslim world in general views America as an enemy of the Muslims and Islam. So Bajwa was compelled to give this statement because he was coming under extreme pressure from America to do more on this on this war on terror. However, the key point here that I want to, uh, to explain is that Bajwa was similarly under considerable domestic pressure from within the armed forces and the society at large, which wants him to be defiant to the US. So they have that tension there. So this tension faced by the Pakistani state between the foreign and domestic pressure, okay, which are pulling the state in two opposite directions. Now, increasingly in recent years, and uh, at least for the last two decades, at the heart of American strategic interests in the Muslim world is the concern. They have this concern about how states in the Muslim world in general, as well as the as well as in Pakistan, emerge from this tension. What's going to be the result of this tension where the secular state and you know, the politicians of the secular state try to implement the uh, on the orders of on the, the behest of the uh, their masters certain policies and then they are facing retaliation from the ummah the noble ummah in those states so the pakistani state as i mentioned like any other state in the muslim world um it's in a natural state and we've got to understand that it's an unnatural uh, nation state it's a creation of european colonialism 
after the end of Muslim rule in the subcontinent and the destruction of the Uthmani Khilafah. Now, um, being a natural, what do I mean by that? It means that it doesn't have the roots in the masses. So this secular system and all its culture and all its uh, legislation, uh, institutions, it doesn't have a root. It's, it's, its roots are not found within the masses. It's built on the legal, cultural and political experience of Western Europe, which, which you know, imposed this model of governance yeah, to the colonies it controlled. So the state in Pakistan does not draw on, but rather it seeks to fight. Yeah, the state of Pakistan, it seeks to fight the Islamic historical, cultural, political and legal experience, which the masses are accustomed to and to which they, the masses aspire to be the, the, you know, the basis of their of their political destiny. They want Islam. So already several states in the Muslim world have collapsed, giving away to chaos and widespread death and destruction, as we see it in our televisions and we read about it in the media. Although the situation is painful, very painful, and full of despair for many of our brothers and sisters, from a strategic perspective, it is giving nightmares to the West. So because it was the secular state which secured the interests in the Muslim world, yeah, so this is it. It's the secular system that secures the interests in the Muslim world. You remove that secular system, you remove their, you challenge their interest in our nation, in, in, in our lands. And so it, the, the collapse of that system means the collapse of a, of, of a foundational interest. Brothers and sisters, the capitalist world order is characterized. Yeah, it's characterized by the secular state with all its components and these components are the westernized political military and intellectual elite and its enablers its enablers of the international law international institutions western powers uh, uh, themselves are not only uh, served uh, served to secure western interests directly through laws and policies which enabled economic um, plunder and military uh, oppression uh, uh, you know, of our lands at the hands of the West, but it's also served as a platform to suppress the Islamic revival project, indeed, and the emergence of an alternative model. So really, um, I mean, maybe I, I want to mention this, the, the, the National Action Plan. If you look at the National Action Plan in Pakistan, how can a state prescribe that majority of the masses are radicalized and that it, that the masses need to be de-radicalized. You can see the actual tension there. Um, so, the, so the National Action Plan saw the state acting um, in a totally opposite manner to the emotions and sentiments of its people. Instead of the state reflecting the, the consensus, uh, uh, foundational consensus, the state was attempting to reshape the people's opinion about how society should be organized and what basis it should be organized under. So uh, another example, uh, let me give you another, it was in response to, uh, let's say, to, to make it a little bit clearer, was uh, the response of the society in, in, in terms of the mourning of the death of Salman Tasir. Yeah, this is the secular governor of Punjab who was gunned down uh, for challenging the blasphemy laws in Pakistan. Um, so while uh, you know his last rites the uh, uh, the punjab governor uh, had attracted uh, uh, hardly anyone really from uh, apart from a few secular activists mumtaz qadri yeah the man who killed uh, him had one of the biggest funerals uh, pakistan had ever seen despite the blanket uh, media blackout ordered by the state so this tension uh, between the secular state and the masses has been building in Pakistan and the Muslim world for quite some time. And it has inc increased massively as the Islamic revivalist currents have strengthened over the years. I mean, look to the marches in Bangladesh by Hifazati Islam. They're massive in Dhaka. They're demanding the closure of the French embassy and the expulsion of the uh, the French ambassador from Bangladesh. Now, this puts Miss Hasina in a, in a bit of a dilemma. Again, this is the tension between the secular state of Bangladesh and its masses. Subhanallah.
This is the sentiment that the Ummah have. If we could change that sentiment and give her the solution that, look, you remove the secular state and victory is yours. This is what we need to be uh, um, need to be conveying to our brothers and sisters. This is what strikes fear. It strikes fear into the hearts of the kuffar, the colonialists, including the U.S. So, brothers and sisters, the aim, the aim needs to be to change the entire basis, to dismantle the uh, the rule based on man-made laws and replace it with a system that's based on uh, on divine law. So the, the Khilafah system, based on the method of the Prophet wasallam, is that system. It's an alternative to the, the Western, uh, Western decayed system, a system in which, uh, as Muslims, we would not aim to uh, compromise to maintain power, um, as the so-called Islamic, uh, Islamic states do today. Nor would it accept, nor would we accept to be led by these powerful Western Western states. They just don't uh, serve our interests uh, and they contradict uh, the whole of our deen. So our focus would be to um, to abide by the laws of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through the, 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 the Sharia, um, protecting our brothers and sisters and ensuring that we have success in this life and, and the hereafter. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Al-yawma akmaltu lakum deenakum wa atmamtu alaykum ni'mati wa raditu lakum al-islam deena. Today, I have perfected for you your religion and completed upon you my blessing, my blessing, and I have chosen for you Islam as your deen. Surah 5 verse 3. So, brothers and sisters, um, today we have more than 50 Muslim states all claiming to have Islam as their religion yeah, and basic source of identity. Now, all these nation states uh, are constantly in a process of uh, a rebuilding, uh, a building and rebuilding in hopes of achieving the goals of development. But these goals of development are actually set by the West. Uh, it's incredible. So these very goals are contradictory to our way of life. So really, Muslim states are a victim of this uh, neo-colonialism, um, which is really having power without responsibility, uh, which is in a way a, a worse form of colonialism, really. So the Khilafah state will make sure that no foreign or uh, government, organization, institution, or even players, actors, have any form of uh, political, economic, or military uh, uh, intervention uh, or interference. I mean, it's interference, really, in the affairs of our state. It will end, the Khilafah state will end the manipulation of our economies to serve the interests of Western governments and foreign corporations. It will reject IMF loans and policies that are the main reason. They are the main reason for cutting down of government spending on health, education and other forms of welfare. So the Khilafah state will implement the Islamic economic system, which uh, will not only give a solution to the poverty in our lands and the economic stagnation, but will also be a source of invitation uh, to the Islamic system, you know, uh, to the current third world countries, which are really uh, being financially gripped or choked by crippling capitalist policies and interest-based loans. So brothers, even the presence, the presence of Islamic groups is a proof that deep down people know that the solution for their problems lies only in Islam. So under the under the second Khilafah, yeah, under the second golden age, the Quran and Sunnah will be the only source of law. And any political party practicing or uh, offering anything different than Islam will be rejected, will be prosecuted. The Khilafah state will be responsible to show the ugly face. It's difficult now. Yeah. Um, as independence as, as even movements to show the ugly face of the selfish capitalist politics that has driven the world into this, 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 uh, this craziness where the value of life, value of life is judged by money and race. Yeah. So Islam, the, the Khilafah will get rid of this. And 
in uh, our draft, the, the draft constitution, Article 185 of Hizb al-Tahrir, it says, some of the most important political means are exposing the crimes, exposing of the crimes of other states, demonstrating the danger of erroneous politics, exposing harmful conspiracies and destroying uh, misleading personalities. So that's 185, Article 100 in Hizb al-Tahrir's draft constitution for the Khilafah state. Another colonialist after effect, brothers and sisters, is the slave mindset of the people. Yeah. This is what it does. It, we're smitten by the West and its technology. With their intellect, um, the Muslims in the Muslim world, their intellect is challenged. Yeah, the capabilities, uh, they mock our capabilities. Um, even our knowledge is branded as useless. And our bravery is apparently savagery. So this, the emergence of the Khilafah uh, system will be itself a sign uh, that the mindset has begun to change. And the rest will be done by the atmosphere that the state creates instead of being uh, suppressed. So... Muslims will experience that they are valued yeah. and can play a useful role without compromising um, our beliefs. Our Khilafah state will uproot the Western colonial intervention and manipulation of, let's say, you know, our education curricula in the Muslim lands. Uh, the, you know, the education curricula that's uh, aimed to implant Western concepts. That's what it is. The, the education curricula, the education system that we have in our lands is specifically put there so that we can implant, they can implant uh, Western concepts and sort of allegiances into the minds of our Muslim youth, secularizing them and liberalizing them, liberalizing their tastes and emotions. So instead, the Khilafah will implement an education system built purely upon Islam that aims to create exemplary Islamic personalities and creative and leading minds in all spheres of life and study. In the uh, Article 171, the draft constitution of Hizb al-Tahrir for the Khilafah state, it says the purpose of the education policy is to form the Islamic personality in thought and behavior. Therefore, all subjects in the curriculum must be chosen on the basis of this policy. So even the foreign policy, brothers and sisters of the of the Khilafah state yeah. will be da'wah and jihad through which we will protect Muslims and spread Islam. The Khilafah will remove all foreign military bases, forces and intelligence from our lands and will never accept for a single for a single uh, one of its soldiers to be used as, as pawns to fight wars in the interests of foreign governments. The Khilafah state will also stop the, the persecution of, of the Muslims in the non-Muslim countries. Instead of uh, pleading for mercy to the UN, the Khilafah will mobilize its forces to liberate the people of Rakhine in Kash uh, Kashmir, Palestine, East Turkestan and Syria. So under the shade of the Khilafah, dear brothers and sisters, Muslims will not only experience uh, protection and security and safety, but we'll also learn the true meaning of jihad. A well-trained army with a complete grasp on Islamic culture will be the backbone for the state. And again, Article 67 in Hizb al-Tahrir's draft constitution for the Khilafah state, it says, it is necessary to provide the army with the highest possible level of military education and to elevate its intellectual level as far as possible, and to provide every member in the army with the Islamic culture that enables him to have a general awareness of Islam. Dear brothers and sisters, the return of the Islamic world order is indeed what humanity is craving. The Khilafah system will quench the thirst for justice, the hunger for an objective legislation as an arbiter for right and wrong. So, a return to the Islamic world order is not a pipe dream, but really it's the most sacred obligation. It's the most priority obligation that we face in our times. And it's been forgotten by the Muslims, but its significance is gathering momentum.
throughout the Muslim lands. So we need to abandon this notion of democracy to fix the status quo as it has evidently failed. We need to uh, therefore focus on real change of bringing a, a viable alternative, the Khilafah system. I mean, just to finish off, uh, if we look at what's happening now in France, um, we're boycotting, the Ummah is boycotting French goods. Uh, really, the Ummah, if she just take, takes that thinking to a, to a little bit higher level, the Ummah needs to boycott democracy and reject it in our lands. Yeah, we're boycotting French products. The biggest produce of France is secularism. It is the source of the regular insults to our deen. If we can, if we can boycott French goods, we should boycott their values, their culture and institutions and make sure we remove them from our lands. Uh, Dr. Amin, for enlightening us uh, with some intriguing points. Shukran luck, Akhi. Uh, inshallah, I'd like to uh, open the forum for any questions and comments. Can I just ask you to keep your questions and comments as short as possible and to the point? And may I ask the speaker also to keep your answer as short as possible so that we can accommodate <laughs> as many questions as we can. Um, uh, and can I remind everyone to share uh, the link? Um, uh, during the discussion as well, inshallah. Okay, Tayyip, let's uh, uh, make a start, inshallah. Um, we have a few questions. Um, you mentioned, uh, well, the brother Abdullah Dawood um, uh, asked a question. He says, so what message will you give the ummah if, if voting is useless and haram? Uh, what should Muslims uh, do? Um, I think in terms of dawah, I think. Um, sure, I mean... If Look, I, I mentioned that um, what we need to do is find, diagnose what the problem is. Yeah, if we think that uh, you know what we our iman is is not is quite weak, you're going to be doing some action towards uh, increasing that iman that you think is weak. Yeah, if you think that the uh, problem is one of an economic problem, Muslims are not. You know, they're not really economically uh, strong. So um, most of the Muslim countries are uh, sort of uh, weak. They're not, um, they're poor. Yeah. Then your your solution is going to be one of, a, uh, of an economic one. If you think that education is a is absent from the Muslims, then you're going to be um, you know, delving into solutions that are geared towards educating the Muslims. Now, if, what we need to do is raise our level of thinking that, look, first of all, um, if we think politically, then all these other jigsaws or all these other bits that we are looking to uh, solve actually um, get solved uh, uh, immediately because of one uh, interest. It's the political interest. So if we diagnose the problem incorrectly, our our sort of action or our resolution is going to be incorrect. So I mentioned in my talk that the top American strategic interest in the Muslim world is to safeguard this secular state, to prop it up, yeah, to prolong its life, suppress any other alternative models of governance. Um, so you know, if we understand that, we understand that America pursues that same strategic in interest in in Afghanistan, in Pakistan. Uh, I mean, there's a there's a um, there's a discussion within American policymakers which warns against putting too much pressure on Pakistan for fear of it resulting in a collapse of the secular state. Yeah, in Pakistan, uh, as American policymakers are aware that uh, aware of that tension I mentioned between the secular state and the um, the the Islamic politics. Yeah, don't want to use that word is Islamist. Okay, so uh, in Afghanistan, America pursues the same goal. Yeah, the presence of the secular state in Afghanistan helps America achieve its other strategic objectives as well. America seeks to project power in South Asia through military bases in Afghanistan. And how do they get military bases in, in, in our lands? Through the, at the behest yeah, of the secular model of government 
Yes, the secular state. So if we understand that our problem is secularism, you're going to do everything in your power to be able to uh, remove it from our lands. And then Islam actually gives us uh, a methodology yeah, um, to actually uh, go about doing that. Uh, we have another question from uh, Brother Jafar Ali. Um, says, uh, capitalism creating an expanding gap between the rich and the poor. Then why are the poor general public supporting capitalism? <laughs> it's called a delusion. Yeah, <laughs> it's called a delusion. The, um, it's a delusion. It's an illusion. It's deceit. It's un, it's un, it's unforgivable and unforgivable what these uh, wealthy elites are doing. I mean, just look at the COVID. No one knows what's going on. Look at the COVID pandemic. Yeah, uh, there are conspiracy theories about uh, you know uh, some uh, uh, the control freaks of this uh, of this world you know, trying to control uh, everyone. You know, make everyone dependent so they can make more money. Subhanallah. So. These, unfortunately, um, it, you have to look at how how this uh, secular system came into into being, and you have to look at the history, their, their colonial history. They have amnesia; they suffer from a large, uh, vast, vast amounts of amnesia when it comes to their history and their plundering of the world, yeah, their exploitation yeah, of where they have managed to get to. Um, so really, it's it's as long as people are just given, um, I don't know, a little bit of entertainment, a little bit of uh, I mean, if you look at America, uh, aside from the, 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 the you know, there's the so many uh, quite a large number of uh, 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 people in poverty. Generally, yeah, generally people, um, people are doing quite well. It's the American dream. I mean, I was looking at um, why this, um, I think, uh, in Florida, uh, BBC News uh, was uh, was interviewing uh, this um, Hispanic, this Hispanic uh, uh, man who was voting for for um, for Trump. And it was intriguing. They asked, why are you voting for Trump? You know, he builds he builds walls and he doesn't really like, like foreigners. And you know what his response was? His response was, oh, he's strong. Biden's weak. <laughs> so so people have varying uh, attitudes as to why they, they vote. In fact, they don't have any alternative. There isn't an alternative. What is the alternative? Communism? Yeah. What's the alternative? Going back to uh, uh, um, uh, sort of state, uh, uh, sorry, uh, re religious state, Christi Christianity? No. Secularism is the way forward. It's the progressive state. This is what they believe. And so we've just got to do a little bit of tweaking here and there. And hopefully you know, that should solve it. Yeah. Disregarding what's happening to the world uh, beyond the shores of the US. So, yes, it's uh, it's it's a, it's a great delusion. And only when the Khilafah state emerges and shows them how we uh, how the citizens of the Islamic State will be treated, how the, the justice and, and economic security uh, and tranquility that will be in, only then will they realize how deceived they were. Shukran. Um, we apologize. I think uh, we have uh, lost uh, Dr. Amin on the pictures, but we can still hear him, inshallah. Oh, gosh. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, inshallah, we'll carry on with the questions uh, while our technical team are sorting uh, the video side out, inshallah. Um, I have a classic question from uh, Brother uh, Nabil. Um, he says, democracy is all that's available right now. So can't we get involved and influence the government from within? Uh, I've heard this question Many for 25 times. years. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I've heard this question for 25 years and it's yeah, exhausted. Yeah. It's exhausted. Um, Subhanallah, I did say, look, uh, you've got to look at what state we're in. Yeah, it's under the auspices of a secular system. The secular system is underpinned. Yeah, the underpinning idea of secularism is that you separate you know, Allah 
You separate Allah yeah, from ruling. That's what you're doing. You're putting Allah in the back seat and then men take the driving seat. Uh, this is shirk. This is nothing less than shirk. So uh, there's no, I mean, they say, I mean, the people who actually do go and vote. Um, and, and, and to be honest, a, a lot of the ummah are realizing this. I mean, um, they're realizing the, uh, the sort of false, the falsehood of actually going there, the uselessness of actually going there and thinking, you know what, this particular guy, Biden, yeah, I saw him in another, uh, uh, some, some kind of WhatsApp. He's, 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 uh, he's, um, <laughs> he's reciting hadith. He's telling the Muslims, uh, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi sallam, you know, uh, said, if you want to change uh, a, a munkar, you change it with your hands and so on and so forth. If you can't do that, you, he was lecturing the Muslims about this. Subhanallah. Yeah. And this particular guy, this Biden character, refused a while ago. I mean, under, under Obama, he was vice president. He refused to say that um, uh, uh, Mubarak, Husni Mubarak, the, the Faraon, he refused to comment that he was a dictator. So uh, the look, do we do we Muslims want to still be deceived? Yeah, like the kuffar. We don't want to get we, we want to get rid of this deception. Yeah, Allah makes the Allah legislates. Yeah, our Quran and Sunnah are our source of law. Yeah, not some uh, not some people in the uh, in parliaments and uh, senates. Okay, making laws for our uh, for, for us. Um, do apologize. Um, we can only hear uh, Dr. Uh, Amin at the moment. Um, so we'll just have to persevere and um, I'll continue asking uh, questions from what I've got from the uh, discussion forum. Um, uh, Brother Abdullah uh, has asked another question. He says, you mentioned the draft constitution. It sounds good and all, but how, how can it work when the ummah is disunited? Are we waiting for a coup? But wouldn't then uh, it be rejected because uh, most coups uh, end in failure? Maybe the common people need to know the importance of Khilafah as well as the people of power. Uh, SubhanAllah. Um, this is, uh, uh, I mean, this is a, is a wonderful question. And also the fact that um, Muslims, the Ummah now, have moved on. They're moving on and they're saying, yeah, you know what, we, we, we accept this. We accept this, this assertion that we need Khilafah. How do we get it? And they will come up with, oh, is it a military coup? Do we actually, well, you know what? I don't think we can do it via the secular state, yeah, via gradualism. All of these arguments, alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen, are being destroyed. Um, and we've been arguing for the, for this, uh, for, about these arguments that are invalid methods to actually achieve what we want to achieve, which is a political entity based on Islam an independent political entity. Now, um, you have to look at the Prophet ﷺ and his methodology. I mean, the Prophet ﷺ didn't just come to tell us uh, how to pray, didn't just come to tell us how to, to uh, perform istinja, didn't just tell us, you know, how to, uh, to what, what beard length we should have our beards at. Yeah. He came to his whole life, his seerah, if we study his seerah, his seerah is entirely, yeah, is entirely focused upon establishing a political order, okay, a political order where he is in the seat of power, yeah, and he, in, in Mecca, you know, we go, we read about it. We read about how uh, he was deprived of, uh, uh, challenged for doing that, yeah. And he didn't achieve it in Makkah, but he found that there were other places, the you know Medina, Yathrib, yeah, those lands that that particular land was uh, uh, um, uh, amenable to this concept of of Khilafah, of the 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 Islamic system, the Islamic rules, uh, living under them. So there is a methodology about how to actually establish the state, and this methodology. Yeah, it can't be just something that we've actually come up with. Yeah, 
like tomorrow. We've analyzed the situation. And you know what? I think this, I think that. Well, who are you to think how to establish the state? We need to be able to have people who are very well crafted in Arabic, in Quran, in Sunnah, to be able to perform ishtihad. Yeah? Ishtihad is the exertion to extract rules. So if we have a new, uh, some sort of new problem, we don't just say, well, you know what, I think we should do this. Oh, do you think we should do that? No. Yeah, we go back to the sources, the texts, yeah, the Quran and Sunnah, the uh, the ijma of uh, the Sahaba and and uh, and uh, um, analogy, chaos. Yeah, we need to do that. So there are people who are powered, who are Allah has enabled them to be able to uh, have um, have a uh, um, you know access to the Quran and Sunnah, as access to the textual evidences to be able to come up with the solution. And so Hizb al-Tahrir has laid, um, you know, for a, since 1953, we've got the methodology to establish the Khilafah system. How's about going in there and reading it and finding out what we do? And in fact, you can't, you don't just have to read the methodology of Hizb al-Tahrir for change, for political change and resuming the Islamic system or re-establishing the Islamic system. You, sh- you should be able to see it in our party. Yeah? Our party that works throughout the globe in these Muslim lands. Yeah. So we are practicing the method. Yeah. We are uh, having uh, our culture, yeah. the Islamic culture being put in to our, our, our supporters, our members, and they work. They, they are activists. They're political activists. It's a political problem. We are going to have, need a political solution. But that political solution doesn't get hatched from the minds of men, from the minds of Muslims. It has to be extracted from uh, Quran and Hadith. So, so brother, please, I invite you. Yeah, there's lots of resources. I invite you to go and have a look at this, uh, um, this, this methodology for change. And it has its evidences. Right? You can't just come and have a methodology without all of the Islamic evidences. Um, to support what you're saying. Jazakallah uh, we will take more questions. If I can ask you, uh, Dr. Amin, if you could refresh your uh, browser, maybe that would bring you back. Oh, inshallah. Okay. I'm not, very, I'm, not, I'm not very good at... Uh, <laughs> that, that's fine, inshallah. Uh, I'm just yeah. wondering if I do refresh it, I might, you might lose me altogether. So I'm afraid you'll just have to continue that's without great. seeing my face. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it be okay, inshallah. Um, Okay, um, I will um, basically. There's a few um, comments here that mm-hmm. uh, some brothers have actually been, uh, put on there. While you while you refresh, I'll basically uh, I'll, I'll put this in. Okay, cool. Uh, um, brother Saj Rahman, uh, he says more than uh, 35 million people in America are in poverty, um, and if that uh, if that is the great American dream then uh, no thank you, we don't need that. I mean, uh, that's, a, that's a really good comment to make because obviously you see uh, that obviously there are people around the world who are voting in, in different countries. Um, and in, in many of these Western countries, you're back. I'm back, I'm back, yes. Alhamdulillah. Uh, that people yes, are still going, out, still going out and voting. Yeah. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. People so are still going, going out. Yeah, yeah, go, yeah, go ahead. Um, Sorry. Yeah, so p- people are still going out and, and voting. And I think, I think one of the things, I had a discussion with a brother uh, not too long ago, and he said that, you know, the level of poverty uh, in many cases is not as bad as some of the uh, Muslim lands. Yeah, but I think because they're kept just above the poverty line, um, and it, even then, you you sort of you see what's going on. I mean, the poverty still exists. You know, you have the example of Marcus Rash, Rashford, the footballer, who is working for um, you know um, free school meals and things like that. And that, that you know, he highlighted that there are many children out there who um, are you know not not having the uh, the you know the three three square meals a day. So. Poverty is is a huge problem, even in these countries, and not not just in those countries. 
But the fact that a slightly better quality of life than those countries, people are going out there and still voting. Uh, what, 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 what? Uh, how would you react to that? You know, human beings are very easily pleased. Yeah, give me a piece of steak, and you know, I'll gladly do anything for you. <laughs> you know, so it's gosh, come on. Uh, really, look at it. You want to live in a system like that where a footballer, a millionaire footballer, has to remind the state about its most vulnerable children, the next generation. What kind of a system is that? And what we want to go and vote for that system? It's a it's a travesty. It's 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 disgraceful. Yeah, it it lays open, you know, where the system fails. It's failing constantly. So this is the issue. I mean, uh, Subhanallah, how selfish of an individual are we? Yeah, to live in you know nice, warm, lovely houses. Um, going out to Sainsbury's or uh, these, uh, um, you know, these uh, some other extravagant shops, shopping. Yeah, gosh, while the whole world, you know, uh, you know, let's just not talk about Muslim world. Let's talk about South America. Yep. Do we not have a shred of humanity in us that I care for these people. That's a humanitarian uh, um, value that I have. And that a lot of uh, human beings have. Yeah. So uh, when you see the dire uh, uh, poverty in, in, in South America, it should grieve us. Yeah. There's something terribly wrong um, when we become so selfish um, as to ignore the majority of the world and what she's going through, the poverty, the, you know, the, the basic necessities are not even provided for. Mm -hmm. um, and this is what the state does. This is what the secular state does. It breeds individuals that are selfish. Uh, gosh, this is the this is the principles it's founded upon. It's something which the video said it very well. It said where the the few um, the few uh, live off the few live off the many i mean that's that encapsulates uh, entirely epitomizes what is happening in this world um and those those few have made it in uh, have, have made the structure in, in in such a way as to put blinkers on the people that live in the west yeah by giving them i don't know some entertainment uh, some basic necessities, a, a card, to, you know, your you house, a car, some holidays, and that's it. That's all it takes for us to forget the rest of the world. I mean, how shallow is that? Um, I, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I certainly don't um, espouse to, to such um, superficiality in, in, in thinking. Uh, it's, it's inhuman, to be honest, to be honest. So, so, those, so as Muslims, we are not like that. Uh, as Muslims, Islam came for humanity. Yeah, it is a mercy to mankind. Yeah. So, Rasulullah was sent. Yeah. Um, you know, he was sent not but as a mercy to mankind. What is that mercy? Yeah. That mercy is looking after them, looking after them based upon the uh, the the rules that Allah has given us. You know, this is a blessing. Allah made us, made this religion, this this deen perfect. It's a blessing. Yeah, are we not going to take this blessing? Yeah, are we not going to call for this blessing? Are we not going to die for this blessing? Allahu Akbar. Our the people that we read uh, 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 stories to our children about the Sahaba. Yeah, these are the people that died for this blessing. Yeah. And we enjoy that blessing today as Muslims, um, but it falls short. It falls short. People talk about, I've read places, uh, sweetness of Iman, sweetness, tasting the sweetness of Iman. Subhanallah. I would love to say that Muslims in our time have tasted that, but I dare, I, 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 I dare to say that we haven't. We haven't. We've only tasted it. Um, you know, on its on 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 the surface, to but to act to actually uh, taste the sweetness of iman is to actually live under that khilafah, under that protection. 
So unfortunately, we have run out of time. So okay. Um, before we end, I'd like to uh, remind everyone that the Friday Circle will continue this week at the same time uh, of 8 p.m. So please note that in your diaries and inform your... There is no part of the world that humanity can call its safe haven. The globe is plagued with conflict, poverty, and a lack of basic principles such as justice and rule of law. East to west, it is no different. The Eastern world is suffering under colonial puppets or dictators who do nothing but serve their masters' interests. On the other hand, in the West, so-called mature democracies have struck a fatal blow to the masses. The secular system has left man to create misery in the world. Wars, unrest, poverty, racism, elitism, injustice. This is a world where the few feed off the many. This world order is not fit for humanity. The people have had enough. Dissent is on the rise. The wave of dissent in the West is equal to that of the East, expressed in various ways. Black Lives Matter, Arab uprisings, Occupy Wall Street, Yellow Vests, Extinction Rebellion, Anonymous, Student Riots. This signifies only one thing a global dissent against the present world order and a yearning for an alternative system. This vacuum can only be filled by a system that is fair and just for all humanity, a system that is not conjured up in the minds of feeble men for serving their own interests, a system from the Creator which is free from bias, contradiction and hypocrisy. The Islamic Khalafa system where politics is about people, not power. Where economics is about circulation of wealth, not serving the elite. Where ruling is about care, not a career. Where healthcare is about cure, and not cash flow. Where different colour is diversity, and not division. Where different faiths are respected, and not rejected. Where women are honoured, not humiliated. A system much needed by the world looking Thank you for listening to this podcast. Podcasts on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran tafsir, and sirah are available at islampodcasts.com as well as on iTunes. Rate, review, and comment and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please subscribe, share, and tell a friend about islampodcasts.com. 